Detroit is Different is where you get information, artistry, history, music, and even comedy. Detroit is Different, a home for the culture of Detroit. Visit online at DetroitIsDifferent.com today. Hello and welcome to Detroit is Different. Today we have one of the most hustling women I know. She is, oh my goodness, I, I don't even know where to start. First off, she always stay employed. She always does something in regards to her community, in regards to her family. She has like a, a nice little quote, I'll say, that she lives by, which is, I am for my four. And she's a community advocate. She works in the Office of Family and Community Engagement. And she's just all about helping her people, helping parents, as well as doing things to continue to grow economically as an individual and for her family. And she has a few entrepreneurial goals coming up that I want to explore and discuss. And today's topics are going to be about women in the city and how we do so many different things. And that's why Detroit is different because not only do we have men doing things, we have a lot of black women in Detroit doing things. So today I'd like to welcome Miss Tia Irvin. How are you, Tia? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Make sure you, make sure you speak to him. All right. So anywho, we're just going to go ahead and get started. So with that, this is a show um, about people in Detroit being different and doing their thing. So let's start off with your story. Like, how did your family get to Detroit? Are you a native Detroiter? Tell us a little bit about your background. Well, my mom was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. I want to say she came here when she was about eight or nine, her and her family, her mother and father was married, came from Davidson County to Detroit, Michigan, where she be, my grandma became employed at Chrysler. My granddaddy was a diesel mechanic for Greyhound. Bought um, my mom, three sisters, and a brother. So it's five of them all together, four sisters and a brother. Um, they came and they moved in the Linwood area. So I got a little Linwood in me. <laughs> um, then my mom attended Custer, which is now Thurgood Marshall. Went to Cerveny, graduated from Cooley. And then she met my dad, which he's from Linwood, Glenn and 12th. <laughs> Um, he was born and raised here, but his mother is from Alabama and his dad is from Mississippi. So I kind of got a little bit, you know, uh, mixed in in me. <laughs> All right. And then what schools did you go to, Tia? Um, I attended Comey Young, um, Cerveny, mm. um, Stale Wagon, which is now Ronald Brown. I attended Maya Angelou, back to Comey Young, Dixon, Lesser Brooks, and I graduated from Cody. That's a lot of schools. That's a whole lot of schools. <laughs> All over the place. <laughs> what was that about? <laughs> All over the place. Well, I lived on the east side uh -huh. to be closer to my dad's side of the family so I could, you know, spend time with them too. Then I wanted to go back west, so we moved back west, and ever since then we stayed west. Okay, that's fair. So a lot of those schools, I mean, were all of them at the time DPS schools? Um, yes, all of them were DPS schools. Okay, cool. Because, you know, the, the name change, you got to ask. So, right. anywho. Um, so, with that, you went to a number of DPS schools, and now you work with DPSCD, right? Yes. Now, did did that influence your decision to work with the district, or, or what was that? Um, 
basically being a product of DPS, being in DPS schools all my life, mm-hmm. helping out the community and all the kids attending DPS kind of, you know, dragged me in to want to help the community and the families. Really not being a little funny, but really only kids and parents that mess with DPS. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because I can't really help you if your kid is not in DPS. I don't know what to say because it's ran different. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Now, are all the, are your children in uh, DPS? Yes. This year I have a senior. She goes to CMA. I have a 10th grader. He goes to Central. And mm-hmm. I have an 8th and a 5th grader that attends Durfee. Okay. Okay, cool. They will be product. Of DPS, maybe two, <laughs> but the two young ones, I really don't know about that. Okay, okay. So where's your apprehension coming from with that for the two younger ones? Well, you know, when you work and you kind of look in and you see what's going on mm-hmm. and you in between and you want different for your children, mm-hmm. so you make it different for them. Okay, that's fair. On the positive side. Mm-hmm. But I do love DPS too, but, you know, yeah, maybe two from DPS and two from somewhere else. <laughs> That's good enough for me. At least two would be two products of DPS like me. Right, right. That's that's fair. I yeah. can understand that. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's cool, and I and I get that. So going back to what you were saying about working in the community and things of that nature, tell me a little bit about what you do um, with Sheffield because I know you you work in the community with DPS. Um, I know you're active at your children's schools, mm-hmm. but like, what do you do on extracurricular wise so with Sheffield I work with two schools with him and that's Noble and McKenzie so I kind of get the kids to Noble and McKenzie to try to buy into what we are providing and that's like you know we have kids who don't have bank accounts we show them how to get bank accounts you know how to maintain their money we teach them about jobs resume writing skills and really just how to become an entrepreneur and get your business really like get your feet up off the ground and start young don't wait you know till it's too late to the end to where you can't do anything Why is entrepreneurship so important to you? Well, these days, you know, you got to have something to stand off on. It's okay to work a job, but then, too, when you're tired of working, you got to have something to fall back on. So why not have your own business, you know, to Mm -hmm. fall back on? Something to pass down the line to your kids. And in what what ways have you done that for your children? Because I'm not going to lie to you. That's one of the reasons I, I wanted to interview you because you are... First off, being a a young parent and then also knowing your story about being a teenage parent, it's a lot just period for, for people to parent um, their young. But also just knowing that you've done it and you're now about to graduate a senior. And I met your children. They're very industrious young people. They take care of themselves, and they always doing something. Like, you got a little chef, you know right. what I'm saying? And then Taylor is blowing up on IG with all the stuff that she does with hair, and she also right. hustles. Yeah, <laughs> right. She did your braids. Come on, Notless. Right. But um, what what things have you learned just coming up that, that you wanted to make sure you imparted on your children about economics and, and growing as a people, you know? Well, I'm going to say I get it from my mother. My mama was, you know, always hustling. Mm-hmm. She cut hair. She had different little side, side jobs, but she was always about her money. and make. I'm the only child. Mm-hmm. Making sure I always had what I wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, really just that big part of providing. So with me having four children, three girls and one boy, you know, I want the same for them. I don't want my kids to see me and not to see me not doing anything. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. or no type of money coming in. And I definitely don't want my daughters to see me just falling back on a man to do everything for them. Mm-hmm. Get out and get your own. So in high school, like my, I'm a barbershop baby. I was born and raised in a barbershop because my mother cut hair on Finkel. Mm-hmm. So I picked up watching everybody in the shop, you know, do hair, cutting hair. Mm-hmm. Cutting hair was never my thing. But I can do everything else but cut hair. You know, my mom, I think she wanted me to cut hair the once upon a time. But she will always say, you know, don't be like me, be better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm in it to be better. But as far as I have Taylor braiding hair, mm-hmm. Cameron, you know, that's my only boy. We kind of in between with him. Mm-hmm. Kaylee likes cooking. She wants to do makeup. So I'm going to try to have her a little makeup line coming soon and some shirts. And then Trinity, she likes to draw. So hopefully I can try to, you know, get their feet up off the ground now mm-hmm. to try to get their stuff, on, you know, rolling. Mm-hmm. You know, starting young. Because I wish I could have started young. But mm-hmm. now I'm older, you know, I see. So I want them to start young. Like I already have Taylor Braden here. She has a little nice bank account, but y'all know how kids are. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my big things that always have something to fall back on. Mm-hmm. And you impart that uh, upon your 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 children, Will. And I, I must say I have seen it and I know. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. So, But going back to when... When you found out you were pregnant, how old were you with your with your first child? So I was pregnant with Taylor my senior year of mm-hmm. high school in 03. She was born January 14, 2004. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being pregnant my last year of school, I got tired of going and I just gave up going. Mm-hmm. But come to find out when school was over, I only failed one class. And mm-hmm. that was English in summer school. English. So I attended summer school and I graduated in August. So I still was able to walk across the stage yeah. five mm-hmm. and a half months pregnant with my baby and mm-hmm. got a diploma. That's what's up. And went to college right after. Okay. But stopped. But <laughs> got into education and still into education. So. Right. Right. But the whole thing is that like, did you feel at that time when you found out you were pregnant with Taylor, like, did you feel discouraged at all? Or, like, what what advice could you impart upon mothers that may run into the same things you did, you know? Right. Well, I'm going to say for me, um, I had it easy. Mm-hmm. I had my mom. I had my aunties. I had, like, my family. Mm-hmm. You know, I had some of her dad's family, you know, along the way. But it all worked out good. Mm-hmm. With my baby, but, you know, I was going to go to Tennessee State, so that was, like, one of my dreams that was, you know, shattered, but I didn't let that stop me. I had a full RAD scholarship for running track. Mm-hmm. I didn't let that stop me either, so I just jumped in right into nursing mm-hmm. and just kept it going and didn't stop, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's fair. That's mm-hmm. fair because a lot of people, I'm not going to lie to you, we know people ourselves who just stop right. and who can't make it, but that is that is cool that you brought up your support system you know and I don't really think people understand how vital that is when it comes to making sure you got family or friends to help you along your journey and to get through things in life so with that can you share about like some of your entrepreneurial interests and and where that comes from like the motivation from that um I want to say it comes from my family because every time I come up with an idea, mm-hmm. they always have their ideas and they, you know, telling me, like, don't go, mm-hmm. don't stop, go, don't <laughs> stop, but keep, you know, keep going. And that sounds good. Go ahead. I'll help you. If you need some help, right. I got you mm-hmm. because they know I'm going to take care of them in the end. Right. So I got a few notches under my belt coming up. Okay. Tell us, tell us about one. Just tell us about one. Okay. So for one, y'all. 
coming up with this idea of a podcast. I will be starting my own podcast mm-hmm. soon. It will be Talking Shit with T, T-E-A. <laughs> so y'all be on the lookout for that. And hopefully 2022, get these men's home running up off, you know, get that up off the ground. Having men to come out of jail, incarcerated men coming, you know, to come live. Mm-hmm. Y'all got 30 days. Even if y'all is my people and y'all in jail, y'all need somewhere to come live. Come to me. I'm going to get you together, but you only got 30 days. You only got 30 days. Yep. So talking shit with tea, huh? Okay. Yeah. So I hear I hear you say T-E-A. So is that like spilling the tea? Like tell like me about spilling that. Spilling the tea, talking shit. Y'all know I like to talk shit. So yes. we be talking a lot of shit. <laughs> Yes, you do, because I ain't even going to lie. You like a mad influencer on social media, and you got a bunch of friends and following there. So with with the talking shit, like, where did that come from? Is that something you and your family members did? Like, where's the inspiration behind all your trash talk? Well, (laughs) I guess it's a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. in me. Where I'm from, where I go, where I be, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. I got a classy side. Okay. I got a ghetto side. I got a wild side. And I got that, you know, that mommy side. <laughs> but mommy side, like, get your shit together. Right. Side, you know. So let's let's delve into these different tiers, okay? We said the classy, the mommy, the, the wild side, you know. And, of course, I, I'm going to add the hustling side because, like yeah. I said, y'all, every time this girl always got two three four five jobs you name it i don't even i don't i can't even keep up like resume is is crazy but anywho let's let's who is wild tia who is that let's start with her that wild tia only come out out of town (laughs) that tia that wild tia that wild then you got that professional tia okay where i can get suited and booted Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then you got that mommy tia you know then you got that classy tier that's just straight up talking shit and being about my business, knowing how to approach somebody and mm-hmm. communicate. That's the best part. Okay. Of being classy with it, you know. I can keep it sweet too. You can keep it sweet, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you you like a sweet thug, right? Yeah, yeah like. I am a, I'm a sweet, lovable thug. <laughs> like you say, aggressive thug. <laughs> right. Exactly, like a, yeah. an aggressive sweetheart, but um. Yeah. And and I say that, just let me give you all the context because before I really knew Tia, um, and first off, let me go back because Tia know everybody. Like every time we're anywhere, she knows somebody to know somebody or went to school with them or it's a number of different things. But um, she and I were invited to a barbecue, right? And I didn't really know her as much at the time. And as I was leaving, she was like, hey, hey. And I turned around like, uh, yes. You know, she like, be careful because motherfuckers is crazy. And I'm like, you know, even though I thought it was like, like, man, she right. But it was just funny because, again, like when it comes to a lot of Detroiters, we are good people, but we also have very hard shells, you know. And that's why I wanted to ask you about like the different sides of yourself and and how that plays out because I do think it's important like we talk about code switching on a professional level and how you gotta know how to scale back unfortunately your blackness at times but how do you think the different Tia's have helped you throughout life 
Um, I'll say outgrowing a lot of people. You mm-hmm. know, just changing your uh, environment and want to do something different. Not want to do the same thing all the time. You know, you got you got to be different sometimes, and you got to just get away from certain stuff mm-hmm. and do your own thing. Really? Because nobody wants to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I know I didn't all my life. You know, I don't. You know, sometimes you got to really then too show your kids something different. Mm-hmm. You know. So what? So expand upon that. Like, just tell me more about that. What things have you tried or or explored throughout life? So I'm gonna say, you know, really, just like at first I was like a um, house mom, like being at home with my kids, mm-hmm. not working and doing anything, like having somebody take care of me, which is not nothing, you know, which that nothing is wrong with that. But you know, after a while, I got tired of that. You know, like I was a what I want to call it, um. I can't really can't think of a way right now to call it, but like I was just at home, just my my in straight mommy mode and woman. Mode. We're really not like being being with somebody and being at home with them, not wanting you to work, mm-hmm. and they want to hold down everything, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Doing what I want, getting what I want, that's fine. But then after a while, I got tired of that. Like I got to get up and explore myself, so that's what I did. I got up and I got out. You know. Mm-hmm. Nothing was different. I mean, I was always doing stuff. I was always mm-hmm. going places with my kids, mm-hmm. traveling and doing all that. But then once upon a time, I'm like, okay, I don't want to do this every day. I want to do something different. Mm-hmm. And I just got up and popped into education. Ever since then, I went to school with my kids every day. When I mm-hmm. say I went to school with my kids every day, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And it got me to where I'm at right now, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So what did you find, like, important about going to school with your children every day? So, for one, I was that mom, like, you know, you better not mess with that one, how my mama was. Anything mm-hmm. wrong, you know, my kids, like, first graders having phones. <laughs> Somebody say anything to you out the way, you go in that bathroom and you call me. <laughs> and I'm on my way. I don't care where I'm at. I'm stopping what I'm doing. I'm on my way. So, certain stuff like that, I kind of really got tired of. And then the teachers, when my kids attended Dawson, they used to put me out to school, y'all. Like, no, you can't come in here. <laughs> like, what you mean I can't? It's an open-door policy. I'm going to come in here and be with my kids. So, that really got me in involved because the school and the teachers they seen how strong I was about my children's education Mm -hmm. so that kind of like pulled me right in so ever since then this is where I've been and this is where I'm at Mm -hmm. love my job like Mm -hmm. doing what I do like meeting people hearing parents different ideas and I also like solving problems Mm -hmm. but sometimes I do want to get away Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't trade my job right now for nothing that's 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 good and with that when you you talk about advocating for your children what are some some things that you think parents need to know in regards to having like supporting their kids and because I mean I listened to you talk about how you're going to buy t-shirts and stuff like that for your daughter and how you've supported your other daughter with with doing hair so what types of tips do you think you could give parents just in regards to promoting their children I'm gonna say this for one a parents get a lot of parents a lot of parents is afraid to come into schools. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you know they didn't graduate elementary middle education. Like that's okay. You don't have to be scared. Mm-hmm. And then it's like you I come across parents where eighth grade work, okay. They can't do it. Then the kid can't do it. So it's really like they giving up because they don't know and they're afraid to come in. It's like parents, y'all gotta bridge that gap mm-hmm. between the parent and the school. Parents, y'all got to come in. Just because you don't know how to do the work, it's an open-door policy at every school. Just because you can't help your child, someone else will. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is just use your voice. And I have helped a lot of others, Mm -hmm. you know. I have parents like, okay, I don't understand this. I just don't want him to do it. So why you don't want him to do it? Mm -hmm. Because I don't know it. 
And one of my big things is telling my kids, because this damn high school math, y'all, it is something <laughs> else. And middle school, I'll be like, okay, no, nah, when the borrowing, all that, like, no, you know what? You pay attention in school so you can show me. And that's how I really learned because math wasn't one of my really strongest subjects at all, y'all. I can mm -hmm. count my money. That's good. You know, add <laughs> some stuff up. That's cool. But it's like, okay. They don't want to help their child because they don't know. So it's like at this point, parents, it's free programs out here to help y'all. You don't have to be afraid. You and your kid can learn together. Mm -hmm. But you have to be the one to open your mouth. Mm -hmm. That's one of my main things. You know, just open your mouth. Communicate. Mm -hmm. Communicate is a big thing. So you have to communicate. And just because you don't know it, you're not the only one that don't know it. Mm -hmm. You're not the only parent that didn't graduate. You're not the only parent that's scared to go into the schools. So I, like, advocate for a lot of parents. And I have parents that I have helped that mm -hmm. have got their GED and went on further. And I still talk to them this day. Mm -hmm. And sisters and brothers of kids that have raised their, well, I have sisters and brothers that have raised their siblings. And I have sent them through school. And, you know, it's helped. Mm -hmm. So just don't be afraid to be a part of your child's education, y'all. Got to bridge this gap. Come in and get involved. And then you got some parents that just want to come in and you just want to keep. You just want to come in and volunteer in the kids' class. You used to cuss this teacher out. Mm -hmm. No, you're the stupid one because you don't even know what you in here doing. <laughs> so you need to get out this kid's class, go in the lunchroom in the gym or something, go help and let this kid learn. And a lot of these parents, y'all stop y'all kids from learning because y'all are ignorant and y'all teach the kids to be ignorant. Then they don't know nothing because they listen to y'all. That's that's fair. And that's an interesting um, perspective because, mm -hmm. like you said, like, unfortunately, from being a, a teacher – um, I've had parents cuss me out, you know, so right, just ignorant, you know, but the thing is, um, like you said, it, it's important for parents to use their voices and, but what I'm hearing you say is that you want parents to use their voice in a constructive way, you know? Right. And, and like I said, that, that's a fair assessment, but you know, going back to speaking up and even with you having your your podcast, Talking Shit with T, like, how do you think people can even get the confidence to speak up? Because that's one thing, like, I don't know how many Tia's I've met, but <laughs> the whole thing is that you are not afraid to speak up and, and to talk. But tell me more about how you developed that. Um, really just... Looking at other people's looking look on the outside looking in, mm -hmm. and just wanting to help. Mm -hmm. And me, like y'all know, if y'all really know me, y'all know I'm not afraid to speak speak my mind. <laughs> so, and I'm not gonna back down to this something I'm really trying to do and get my point across. If you really know me, but really like just just letting your voice be heard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tell me so I can help you. Help me. To help me understand what's going on with you. You mm -hmm. know, let me know. Don't play me and just tell me anything. Just let me know and I can help you, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't mind helping anybody. But like I said, your kid got to go to DPSCD. <laughs> I'll help you. That's real. So where did you get this confidence, though? Like the confidence to speak up. Like you talk about growing up in the barbershop and things like that. So tell me about more of your influence with personality. I guess just being around a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And really just like my mama is a firecracker herself. <laughs> like 
So really just like, and well, really not just my mama, my aunties, like never, never, you know, being afraid. Mm-hmm. Like I never seen my mom and none of her sisters be afraid of anything. Mm-hmm. Like never, ever. And like my daddy's side of the family, like be ready for whatever, like speak up, let mm-hmm. it be heard, you know, really mm-hmm. just not backing down. Then just wanting people to know my opinion and how I'm feeling and what's going on. Mm-hmm. Do you think a lot of Detroiters have that same attitude in regards to not backing down? Yeah, some, but you got to know when to back down, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's one thing. You got to know when to back down. You got to know when to put your glasses and your suit on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me, so tell me a little bit more about how you you learned to do that, you know? like. Um, I'm going to say overacting to situations that was, like, this small and you, I'm making it this big. Mm-hmm. Really looking like. See, that was dumb as hell. Like, you didn't even have to do all of that. <laughs> so now I've learned that when it's when it's a situation and it's like this, I'm going to just keep it like that. Okay, I've learned. Okay, thank you, whatever. And okay. just walk away, you know. Because, you know, when we little, when we're younger, mm-hmm. you're not walking away from a situation. No, you're going you're gonna to fight through it. You're going to fight your battle. You're going to fight through it. But sometimes I just learn, like, okay, I'm going to let your ass be the stupid one, and I'm going to just keep it moving. I'm going to show you I'm the bigger person. Okay. Okay, that's fair, and that's something definitely, like you said, you you've had to learn through experience, you know. I'm really like, mom has to be like, be quiet. <laughs> so learning to be quiet. That's yeah. what your mom used to say. Yeah, like be quiet. So learning to be quiet. I guess the order I got, sometimes I be quiet, but yeah, mm-hmm. I know when to be quiet. I say that, and I know when to back down. Okay, okay, that's fair. So tell me about one of one of the times you had a situation where you had to be the bigger person. No. <sighs> Boy, a Come whole, whole lot. <laughs> I'ma start I'ma start with my son. I'ma okay. say with Cameron. Mm-hmm. With me having one boy, y'all, and y'all know how I feel about my son. He just all over the place. But he gonna be alright. And really just like Cameron, why you ain't do your work? Oh, I did my work. Me going up to the school, making a fool out of myself, seeing he ain't do shit and really him seeing how that make me feel mm-hmm. when I'm a rad with you if you right or wrong, but you ain't got nothing to prove to me. Mm-hmm. I can see if you're right and you're wrong and you're proving something, but you're not. So I had to learn to really humble myself in situations with my son. Mm-hmm. You know how every mother thinks they son, you know, really, he really the Chucky doll. What you mean? He's really Chucky. <laughs> like, really, he's really Chucky. I know how he is. Like, certain stuff, I get a phone call. Uh-huh. Cameron's shooting hoops in the class. No, he ain't shooting no hoops. Cameron walked out of class. Yeah, I could believe he walked out of class. Certain mm-hmm. stuff like that. Really being humble with myself with my son. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So your son is really teaching you about humility. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sometimes I can just. <laughs> but yeah. That that is fair. So, being a mother of four, like I had mentioned earlier, you have a a whole mantra like I am for my four. So tell me a little bit more about that. Like. What does that mean to you? So I am for my four. If you know me, that's what I'm always posting. It's tatted on my back. <laughs> I am for my children. I'm for all four of them. Even if they right or wrong, I'm for y'all. It's okay if you make a mistake. I'm not going to make you feel bad about it. We're going to talk about it, and we're going to get it together, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm going to always be with y'all no matter what, you know? Basically, I am for them, mm-hmm. you know? So plus my two little dogs. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like y'all gonna do what I say until you can do what you want to do on your own. Mm-hmm. So, so what yeah. types of things have you tried, or what have you done for them to kind of set a foundation with your children? Um, 
Well, hopefully by next year, they'll all have all their own businesses up and running. Okay. So with Taylor turning 18, Mm -hmm. and I just really had this talk with her. College is not for everybody. Mm -hmm. Even if she planned. So at first we had this little thing where she wanted to be a veterinarian. She wanted to go to Michigan State, and I was all for it. Cool. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, you go down the road, and you look, and you feel different, and you grow. Mm -hmm. And you grow into something else. It's Mm -hmm. fine with her braiding hair. That's cool with me. Like I told all of them. Her, you really don't have to have a job, but you can get a job if you want a job. Mm-hmm. But what I need you to do is come home with that piece of paper at the end of the day. Okay. Make me proud that you did. If you didn't do nothing else, you got to graduate. Mm-hmm. And even if she don't, you know, wants to attend college, you got to work. You got to get a notch up under your belt. You got to take a trade or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I really, it always goes back when my mom used to be like, I don't want you coming here. I don't want you getting your cosmetology license. But I'm just like this right now. Make your money. Mm-hmm. If you if you want to go to college the year after you graduate from high school, that's fine. But you can always do hair and get a job and bring that extra money in. Another little part of me, the way I was, you know, it's hustling. Mm-hmm. That's cool, but I just want her to be, at the end of the day, I want her to be something. Mm-hmm. So I'm planning on having her a little hair shop okay. in the near future, maybe sooner. But okay. you know how these kids is and their attitudes is. <laughs> <laughs> they they know everything, but really don't know shit. <laughs> For real. I mean that that's fair. I think that's how it is with with most teenagers or tweens, whatever okay. you want to call it. But um, right. but yeah, that that's fair. But um, so okay, all four of them to be entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. And so you said the the hair shop with Taylor, um, and then you mentioned. Kaylee is into doing like makeup and mm-hmm. her t-shirt. Well, we already came up with her line is going to be called K Fly. Okay. So she'll have her t-shirts coming soon. Okay. Then Trinity, she's drawing. Mm-hmm. She'll have her little art coming out. Okay. She's really kind of undecided on really what she do, but her thing right now is that she wants to be an art teacher. Okay. So I'm gonna support my baby to the fullest. That's fair. And then what about Cameron? I don't know. He all over the place. <laughs> We're gonna get him somewhere. Okay. We're going to do something with Cameron. <laughs> okay. Okay. So could you could you delve into that a little bit more? Like, do you think it's harder with raising your son as a parent than your girls? Or what do you think the biggest challenge is? Um, I'm going to say the biggest challenge is with Cameron. Mm-hmm. He needs to be around his dad more. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. If his daddy sit down somewhere, maybe he'll sit down somewhere. Like, you know, his his daddy really need to put his foot in his ass mm-hmm. and really mm-hmm. quit thinking everything be cool. Mm-hmm. And then I think that'll really snap Cameron on track. Okay. Okay. So you think it's important to have that more a, a boy needs his dad in his life. Can't mm-hmm. no boyfriend, no stepdaddy get your son together. A dad need to get their son together. Okay. That's what I feel. I don't care what y'all think. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I feel. Okay. I mean, I, I can definitely... Uh, understand that so when it comes to like family dynamics and parents and and things of that nature how did your dad have an influence on your life and the person you are today um my dad is my dad you know um is he, he from detroit I'm yeah he, yep he's from detroit okay he from off linwood Oh, that's uh, right. 12th and Glenn, dark side. Yeah. Yep. I mean, my dad was there. He was in and out my life. But whenever I wanted my dad, I was able to see my dad. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Um, he made him miss some stuff in my life. Mm-hmm. But I am my daddy's girl and I can always call on my dad no matter what, even mm-hmm. though I am my mom's only child. And my dad do have other siblings. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has other, I have other siblings. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. My dad has other children, which means I have other siblings. Mm-hmm. But I mean, 
you know, my mama was like big mama, big daddy, mm -hmm. you know. But if I wanted my dad, I was always able to get in contact with my dad to see my dad. But it feels like the older I've got, the closer I have got with my dad. Once I started having children, I say I got closer with my I have I got closer with my dad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was that because you wanted him to be a part of your children's lives? Mm -hmm. or Okay. Okay. That's real. Mm -hmm. That's real. Now, let me go back. You said you had big mom and big dad. Who was that? That was my mama. Okay. My mama was mama and daddy. Okay. Got you. When my daddy had me sitting up waiting on them shoes he was going to buy me, he'd never come through. <laughs> my mama went and got two pair. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I still love my daddy, though. <laughs> I understand that, yeah. but you you saying your mom held it down, mm -hmm. you know? Always have and will. And my mom is like the best grandma to my grandchildren. Even though I had to remind her, you only have one, you should have had more. Mm -hmm. It's like when they come back home, it's a reality check. Whatever you do at mama's house, you're not doing here. <laughs> Flat out. That's just how it is. Keep that shit at mama's house. When you get home, it's something different. <laughs> and my mama knows that. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Like, really. It's something about a, grandchi a, grand a grandchild and their grandma. Ugh. Right. Right. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. And that is so real. Mm -hmm. But um so we we do have a a few like questions that we have to ask on the show, but um before I get to that, I want you to tell me a little bit more about like your story as a Detroit girl. Like what how has Detroit impacted you as an individual? I love my city. Mm -hmm. I love y'all dirty people. I love y'all clean people. <laughs> um, really, like, being born and raised in Detroit, seeing it go up and down, and then really just want to put my foot down and make it just come back up. Mm -hmm. You know, just being a kid, seeing stuff that was open and now seeing it close on me, having a vision. Like, you know what I can do with that building? I can do X, Y, and Z with it. Mm -hmm. You know, just, just loving my city, being a product of Detroit, you mm -hmm. know. Raggedy or not raggedy, mm, mm -hmm. you know, I'm always rap for Detroit because this is where I'm from. Okay, that's real. How do you rap Detroit when you go on all of these different excursions and places? Uh, you know, for once, for one, when I'm out of town and they ask where I'm from and I say Detroit, y'all, they love Detroit music. <laughs> oh, my God. They love our music. So that's one thing, you know. Playing, a mu playing Detroit music, being around there, and they say my accent, where you from, mm -hmm. as they call, you know, they call us the Midwest. Right. Being from Detroit, you know, listen to the music, and then when I um, get my phone number when I'm out, you know, when I'm somewhere, and they, like, <laughs> give me a number, they be like, oh, you from Detroit. And then, you know, when I'm further out, 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 I'm like, oh, you're from Michigan. No, I'm from Detroit. <laughs> 313. The 313. Right. Yes, so... My first question that is a part of um, Detroit is different, our little spiel. So what was your very first car? My very first car was a 96 Beretta. Okay. And where did where did you drive when you first got that car? Everywhere. With no <laughs> license because my mom didn't care. <laughs> if we used to be packed in there. Oh, my goodness. If, they went, if you went to Cully with me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so your Beretta, huh? Mm -hmm. Did your Beretta have a name? Mm -mm. That's fair. My mm -mm. my car had a name. My first <laughs> mm -mm. car 
Well, no, I lied. My first car was a, a Ford Tempo, man. And my sister and I shared that car. And when mm-hmm. I tell you to you, like, that boy used to die every other five minutes. I don't know how many times I've been stranded on the side of somebody freeway in Detroit. But, yeah, no. But my first car that I helped pay for, it was called the Blue Lagoon. It was like a Dodge Shadow. And that okay. was a good car. That was a good car. But, yes, I feel that. You drove everywhere. Yeah, I was everywhere. <laughs> I'm like a GPS. I still have people calling me like, I'm downtown. How I get the ABC, X, Y, and Z? <laughs> yeah, that car had some, mile, like, some miles on. That car was all up and down Joy Road. <laughs> everywhere. He was in these streets. In these streets. <laughs> With no license. <laughs> you can't pay me to do that shit, nah. <laughs> I hear that. Oh, man. Okay, so my next question. If you were a DJ at the end of the fireworks, like the the bigger ones, like the ones on Wilbert and Jefferson, but mm-hmm. what song would you play? Um, let me see. What song would I play? Mm-hmm. That's kind of hard. Let me see. Y'all know I'm a big Jeezy fan, so it would be some of Jeezy. I'll say something <laughs> like maybe Welcome Back or Bottom of the Map. Y'all know I'm hood. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the whole car be the whole car be strapped because it's fireworks going off. <laughs> so I am bottom of the map. Okay, bottom of the map. Yeah. All right. So what is that like? One of your theme songs or something? Yeah, I like that song. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, that's fair. All right. If you could rename Woodward after one Detroiter, who would it be and why? Hmm. If I can name after one person from the Dirty D, <laughs> who will it be? Hmm. Let me think. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a hard one. I don't know. Woodward, I name man, I name it after my granddaddy, Orlando Lane. Okay, okay. So tell me about your. Even though he ain't from here, my granddaddy was everything to me. Okay. Did he ever live in Detroit? Yep, he did. All right. So when did when did he come to Detroit? Um, he bought my mom here. It was like in the like I don't like maybe the late late 60s middle 60s or something mm-hmm. like that like mm-hmm. i know my mom was like eight or nine mom was between like eight and ten when she came here so back then okay but mm-hmm. my granddaddy was everything like just watching him like he was a diesel mechanic and he was a sky cap mm-hmm. at um northwest airlines mm-hmm. for like 20 some years and really just like flying all over the world with him and he used to drive buses so he'll just pull up and we'll just ride out you know, on the bus, but after him, or it most definitely be Orlando Lane, cause his name was Orlando Westbrook Sweeney. Sweeney. So mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be Orlando Lane. Okay, so it'll be Orlando Lane. That's yep. a good one. I like that. As y'all can see, I didn't know my mother's mother, but mm-hmm. you know, I keep them in my heart, keep them on me. Yeah, that was my everything. That's what's up. I do like that you have that medallion because mm-hmm. it, it does show whoever you're around how important your family is to you. And, you know, my mom is not technically from Detroit. Like, okay. she was born in North Carolina. And many of our people came up to Detroit because of the opportunity. But I do like that you would choose to name a, a street, I mean, with Woodward in particular, after your grandfather because – 
that does speak volumes. And I know, like, even with myself, my granddad played a big part in my life. So with that, what did, what key thing did your grandfather teach you? Oh, oh, not to be nosy. <laughs> not to be nosy and being really in other people's business. Uh-huh. Like, if it don't. If it don't fly, you know. I'll never forget one time, my granddaddy, whatever. So my granddaddy was married, mm-hmm. but he always, like, had a house on the east and on the west, and he always lived with us. Mm-hmm. So one day I was little, and my mom was, like, always used to, like, go out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So my mom had, our, well, me and my mom had our own phone, and my granddaddy had his phone. Mm-hmm. So one day I was at home and my granddad was watching me and my mama phone wrong. So I went to answer the phone, y'all. He stepped on my foot so damn hard and told me <laughs> to not answer the phone, that I was being nosy. And I'm like, Papa, but that's me and my mama phone. He was like, no, I'm going to answer the phone. <laughs> so it was like, okay. You learned that mm-hmm. literally the hard way. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, good stuff, good stuff. So we are going to conclude shortly, but before we go, I just want you to, one, tell me if you could categorize your experience as a Detroiter, how would you describe it? Um, hmm. I'm going to say fun. Okay. I'm going to say different. Okay. Exploring. Mm-hmm. Um, fun, different, and exploring. Okay. Fun, different, and exploring. And just beautiful, because it is beautiful parts of Detroit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And lastly, Tia, what do you want to be known on Detroit is different about you as an individual before we conclude? That I'm different. Okay. What makes you so different, I am. Tia? Everything makes me different. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I follow my own steps. Uh-huh. You know, Always listen to my roommate saying, do you <laughs> do whatever makes you happy. So, you know, always being my own leader. Good. I like that. Always being your own leader. Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to say thank you for joining us today and sharing with us about your life, your background, your story. And just I really like hearing how passionate you are um, about being a parent and going hard for your kids because I do think that's one thing that, we don't encourage our children to do enough is to explore mm-hmm. what their basically their talents and how they can capitalize off of it and, and teaching them how to be future leaders. And like you said, we as people also have to be an example of that. So again, thank you. And thank you for having me. Yes. And we look forward to hearing more from you with talking shit with T when you get that started. So again, thank you for coming to Interview on Detroit is different and have a good day. Thank you. (laughs) Black revolutionaries, distillery owners, Italian fashion retailers, and Motown Grammy winners all share their best stories never before told in any other media outlets on Detroit is different. Visit DetroitIsDifferent.com or download the Detroit is Different app on Apple's App Store or Google's Play Store.